Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Roman Arbisi podcast. I am your host, the titular Roman Arbisi, and we are back. We are a new, we're restarting, rebooting, restructuring, reframing, re whatever this podcast, what I use as an outlet to speak to you, the listener, uh, my listenership, not my viewership. Uh, But my friends, my peers, my loved ones, the Roman RBC podcast, a podcast that is going to be dedicated to all things hot button, hot button issues, hot button topics, things that excite me, things that piss me off, things that get me going crazy in my headspace, in my my contained little, little, I don't have a little head, I, I have a pretty big head. I'll be on like anyone who's really like hung out with me or knows me or even seen me on video. My head is kind of big. Uh, some people in some ways have described me as like looking like uh, when I was a little bit fatter, had 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 some weight on me, about 20 to 30 pounds more than I do now. Um, like one of the thumb thumbs from Spy Kids. It's always a good diss. Um, I'll always accept that one. That one's pretty hilarious. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, what are we doing? What are we talking about? How are we kicking this thing off? I mean, football's back. Sports are in full swing. Baseball's going to the playoffs here shortly. Go Cubs. Um, or go Padres or go A's. Rooting for one of y'all. Um, what else is going on? Football's great. Football's awesome. I haven't enjoyed football this consistently over a two-week period in a long time. Uh, as a Cowboys fan, it's disappointing they lose week one. But week two, a banger of a comeback one one game they shouldn't have won but this isn't a football analysis episode this is this is an episode dedicated to things beyond that it's cool to talk about sports and things i love i love the dallas cowboys i love the chicago cubs i love baseball i love many things but this time now what the era the time period that we're in now um only we only we should only be focusing on one thing right now, um, and that's election 2020. Um, I don't know if you're tired or don't care or don't want to listen to me talk about politics, talk about election. You're exhausted by it. You watch the news. You read the news. You see it everywhere. You see me share it. You see your family share it. You hear and see different viewpoints every day. You're tired of hearing about Breonna Taylor. You're tired of hearing about George Floyd. You're tired of hearing about Donald Trump. We are all tired. But that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm using as uh, the foundation for this week's episode of the Roman RBC podcast. Um, We're all tired. In many ways, whether it's from work, whether it's from just pure exhaustion, physical exertion, Politics, presidential nominees, the incumbent, whatever it may be, we're tired. Um, Today, I did not anticipate to record a podcast episode. I knew I wanted to do one. I've been podcasting with some friends for video games, podcasting for some movies, talking about comfort movies over on the Film Drafters podcast. I'm featured on that podcast with two great men, Qantas and Caleb. Uh, so go check that out if you want a little bit of break from uh, reality, a little break from the politics. You want to talk about some movies, listen to some, listen to us film draft or draft some films uh, that fit into the comfort movie category. Uh, go have some fun over there. We have three episodes up. I've also recently appeared on the Just Gaming podcast. 
Uh, if you want to listen to things that get you away from reality, once again, go listen to us talk about some video games on the Just Gaming Central YouTube channel, uh, where I joined Pedro and Mateen or Matt um, in talking about some Xbox, Sony stuff, pre-orders, PlayStation, all that stuff, if you want a break from reality. But the reality of the situation is, is that the reality that you're trying to escape from is always going to be there. It's going to be there when you are focusing on your escape from it. It is affecting you in some capacity. Why did I choose to sit down and watch a movie today that was fun, like a Mission Impossible, like a Marvel movie? Why did I choose to watch this movie? That's right to escape something I am consciously aware of. And that's the reality of our situation. Our situation right now is so incredibly imperative that we do not forget about it, that we learn from it, that we stay educated, not just about where we could be going, but where we came from and where we are now. Today, um, Brianna Taylor's death uh, by the guns of police officers was deemed justified. Um, it's been a long road since the incident, since the tragedy, um, and this is the result. Um, as a white man, I can't project how black people are feeling today. I've already seen tweets i've already seen posts i've seen stephen a smith michael wilbon talking about it on sports center and as michael wilbon said um he's not surprised and that's heartbreaking uh it's heartbreaking to know that there are people out there who are suffering from something that i may not and probably will not uh have to endure and that is um at any point because of the color of your skin, you are deemed lesser. And it is exhausting to have to repeat this. Just, you know, I was thinking about it the other day when I was watching uh, Sunday Night Football. And, you know, I saw it last week as well, of course, and it's going to be there for the rest of the season. But to see end racism on the back of helmets on the football field, how how is this a thing? How are we? How are we still at this point? <laughs> I'm not even going to mention that there's people that are upset by that. That says all that needs to be said about that person that is upset by it. But I was thinking, how are how is this still a reality for people? How how do these people live their lives just being racist, disgusting people and wanting and wanting a majority of black men on a football field in uniform to provide them with entertainment because they pay for it they want to escape from reality they want to get away from all the politics and all the noise but they got to bring their as they say blackness they want to they want their the, them to be heard they want to be heard these people on the field I want, I want them to entertain me that's how those people are thinking and that is just incredibly disgusting when you think about it and these same people uh feel that Brianna Taylor's death was justified. Um, her neighbors, um, their, their, their uh, apartment room was shot through. Uh, some people were in harm's way. Um, they had a baby. Thank God everyone was okay there. Um, but 
Brianna Taylor herself was murdered. It's a that's what it is. Just because you know there may have been or there was someone um, in the building or the room with her uh, that may have been committing criminal acts, it does not mean she deserved to be faced with something that many have already considered uh, consequential. This is a scenario that could have been avoided. This is something that never should have happened. No knock warrant. You know the story. We all know what the story is. I'm not here to relay the facts and the information. You know what they are. I'm here to just provide you uh, just with my perspective on it and what, I, what I'm taking away from it and how I'm, I'm applying it to now to be better off in the future. Because I feel my, I'm telling myself that I need to share this with you. We, we need to experience this together. We need to have a dialogue about it. So she is murdered. One of the three men are indicted. One of the one man, the one officer criminal that was indicted. He, you know, gets indicted because he shot into a home that wasn't supposed to be shot into. And the other two guys get off scot-free. It's the name of the game. It's a story that's been around for many, 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 many decades, many years before I was born. And it just leaves me speechless. It's heartbreaking. It's upsetting. It's something I just still can't even wrap my head around. I just, I see, you just see it so often. You would think that there would be a scenario or a situation where finally justice, true justice in its entirety is served to people who are in the wrong. And when one of these officers uh, claims that they did the legal, moral, ethical thing, it just is a tell-all. This is, we're in a year where now the facade, the mirage, gone. We know what America is now. We know our reality. We know our country for what it is. And many people for many years have probably already known this. But there are people out there who still draw that veil over their eyes. Why? Because they're safe and other people aren't. Because their lives aren't in danger. Other lives don't matter. And that ties back to the All Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter protests, all that stuff. The stance. The stances that these people take aren't ethical, aren't moral, aren't moral, excuse me, and lack empathy. There is a zero lack of empathy. And many people close in my life in certain situations where I've called out people for their lack of empathy, have described to me that I lack empathy for them. These are the same people that always mention those unwritten golden rules about treat others how you want to be treated and oh, all that stuff. Oh my God, my please be empathetic for me. I, I, I care about people, but not really. And this isn't directly about anyone I know specifically, but... It's just, again, the same people have been saying the same things for many years. You can you can see one person say one thing, right, about a topic like this. Oh, man, it was justified. 
the the boyfriend was a bad guy. Uh, so, yeah, she deserved to die. And then you can tie them back to how they believe about other things regarding politics, regarding our country, regarding other people of, with other skin colors, immigration, ICE, whatever it is. And it's just devastating. You almost at this point now when, you know, I'm only 24 years old. I just turned 24. It feels like it's been a lifetime ago already. But, you know, I just turned 24 and I wonder how... How have people for so long had how do they how how do they do this? How do they just sit by? I know a lot of people that are just kind of quiet about it. They don't say anything. And maybe this is just because it's my personality and what I believe in and what I feel. But how? How do you just sit by? Complicit complacent, not even taking a stance on something. And what is now the biggest turning point in America's future, these next 40 to 50 days, and probably beyond? How are you just not saying anything? How do you just not have a stance on anything? That is just completely irresponsible as an American citizen. And these are the same people that when they do finally have to bark about something, they're going to say something about, well, you know, freedom of speech, my rights, all this, that, and the other. But they only want to express it in these little moments that are ended up actually not being relevant at all. It's just, how? I always ask myself these simple one-worded questions. What, why, how, when? And these people don't have an answer. These, and a lot of these answers that you see from certain people are uh, God's plan. This is God will figure it out for us. Um, and these people who also say those things also say and feel and believe in people who don't practice anything in the name of that person in that religion at all. So you just see a lot of contradictions, right? You see a lot of contradictory people, hypocritical people. You know, hey, you know, I was a hypocritical person myself. That's, you know, kind of how I'm with Joanne now. I, I told people in our group not to date other members in our group at school because we were leadership. And I kind of went back on my word and now I'm going to be married to this woman for the rest of my life. So in some cases, it kind of pays off, right? But in this instance, when you're hypocritical about things that affect the lives of many, uh than just your own, then you start becoming irresponsible. You start only focusing on the power that you hold for yourself instead of sharing that wealth with other people. Instead of being able to use your knowledge, use your mental side to start saying, here's how I can help you. Here's how I can use my position. Here's how I can use my American privilege, my white privilege, this privilege, that privilege. Here's how I can use my privilege to not only help you in a way that also helps me. And over the last couple years, and in these last four years specifically, since I voted last in 2016, I have really adapted to the mindset that I help you, you help me. And I feel like that's really important. Some days I'm lazy. I'm not just talking about politics. I'm not just talking about being there for. I'm just talking about like uni, talking about it universally. And 
as a white person, I've learned. Oh, just hit my mic. Sorry if I made a crazy noise there. Again, this podcast, let's not focus on the specifics. Let's not focus on the structure of a podcast. Let's focus more on uh, what I'm trying to say. Let's just focus more on what you derive from what I'm trying to say and how we can have a dialogue about it, okay? Uh, Think of it more of like um, pulp, right? Just it's everywhere. You just kind of have to look at everything at a different point and take something from it, right? So... For myself, where was I? Um, lost my train of thought here for a second. But in these last four years since the last election, you know, I've really adapted to, uh, you know, I, I help you, you help me, right? And as a white person, learning about the privilege I have through the lens of someone else and listening and lending an ear to that person and understanding where, where that person's coming from and how they view it and what they've learned, what they've studied and how I was born into this world, into this country specifically, into the state that I was born into, to the reality, to my family, what they believe, the privileges that I had growing up in comparison to people that didn't. And there's a lot that I learned in just listening, in having a conversation, and having a dialogue, and using self-critique, and learning to empathize, not only just with the person on the other side of the table, but to empathize, how should I phrase this? I don't know if this is proper empathy, but to empathize with the people who can't, right? Because now I'm at a point, and I'm recording this podcast having just left my parents' house. My parents talking about politics, a huge reason why I ended up leaving the household. Um, just some disagreements, but... Um, some frustrations, but on the drive home, you know, I was thinking I was that person at that time. I was that, I was, I was them at one point. And that's not to say my, those people are lesser. My parents are lesser. That's not what I'm saying. My parents and my family are incredibly intelligent in many ways. They're caring people in many ways, but not ways that I feel like they can be considering their positions, considering their social status, considering their class, right? Considering everything they're going through now, what they're going through now. And I have to wonder how I can just lend a piece of my heart to that as much as I can and expect different results. Expect different vernacular, expect different dialogue, expect different beliefs. Because I, you know, anyone who's followed me in the last five, six months knows that I made a massive post essentially calling out my family. Nothing specific, no skeletons were let out of the closet. Skeletons are in the closet. There's plenty, lots of skeletons in there. Lots of skeletons in my, in, in my family. There's fuck. Freaking 12 of us, for goodness sake. Lots of kids, right? And obviously there's some disagreements there, and obviously there's some frustrations with it. But I feel like it's my responsibility as someone who is now no longer in the shadow of their beliefs, and instead casting my own, to try and at least listen to what where they're coming from. And even though I have, 
I still fail to find a way for me to build a bridge to it and connect. Because the things they say, because I like to look at my parents and some of my family as representatives of an entire party, because let's be honest, the things they say, I see what other people are saying on TV or what they share on Twitter or what they reply to on the NFL Facebook page or the Twitter accounts. And I every time I try, I just can't get that bridge completely built. It's the only bridge that has yet to be built. And I don't know if it ever will be. And hopefully at some point it does, because that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that bridge to be built. Other bridges are built in the relationships that I have through many other outlets and avenues of discussion. Whether it's about art, whether it's about family, whether it's about faith, etc. And now that I'm officially distanced, not only politically, but distanced literally, it's given me a lot of time to think about myself and a lot of time for me to wonder, how do I move forward? How do I continue to set an example in the best way possible? And the best example, I feel like, is doing stuff like this. Like talking to you. Letting you sit there and have the time to listen. And try and understand where I might be coming from. Because, let's be honest. Even if you agree with someone about something, one thing specifically... That doesn't mean you're going to agree with them about everything. And I feel like when people are at a point now in an election year every four years, we always come to this point where people only justify their votes based around one specific idea. Instead of lining up these ideas or creating bullet points and saying, I agree with this, but nah, not really with that. I agree with this, but that he kind of said something dumb and I don't agree with it. And when you don't do that, you're just now all of a sudden pledging your allegiance blindly based off of your party's identity. What it says on your on your uh, voting ballot. What you're registered as. I registered as a Republican in 20 when I turned 18. I was a, Repu a full-blown Republican. I figured all I was going to do was vote for Republican because my parents voted for Repu Republican nominees. And I was like, yeah, you know, I believe in what that president is saying, but I'm only hearing what that president is saying through the voice of my parents or other, you know, influential people in my life. Instead of actually not watching Fox News and CNN, not watching TV, but rather reading and comprehending what I'm reading, not just from one news source, but many, not just from one voice, but many, right? So when I've taken this route, I've really discovered a lot about myself and who I am 
and the stances I believe in because I'm now I'm no longer living in the shadow of those people, of those voices. Their voice and their shadow is no longer being cast on me. So I have now opened up so many doorways into understanding that I have lived most of my life living the life that someone else wanted me to live. Excuse me. So now I spend this time here today contemplating what the hell? <laughs> Seriously. Just speechless, man. We are we are at such a critical point in our country's history. Because what we're experiencing now is freaking history already. And we see all these quotes. We see people saying rancid, raunchy, nasty things. And the standards that some of these people hold, those people saying raunchy, nasty, rancid things are just so incredibly low. And one of those people is the president. Today, Donald Trump, when asked, win, lose, or tie, will you be willing to hand over the position of power peacefully? And he said, let me just uh, make sure I pull up the tweet here. Uh, not the tweet, but the quote. Um, let's see, let's see. I've got it all saved up. Sorry, like I said, this is just a, a podcast where, you know, we're just hanging out. We're just vibing. Let's see what we got here. Tweets and replies. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> scroll, scroll, scroll. Uh, slap on the wrist for murder, but 10 years for tearing down a punk-ass statue. Not that one. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, blah, 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 blah. Oh boy, can't wait to talk about that today. Oh boy, police officers are really gonna are in for a treat. Um, one second here. Uh, where's it at? Either way, he said something along the lines of get rid of the ballots and there won't be a peaceful transfer. It'll just be a continuation. If last week's um pro-American, pro-patriotic education reform wasn't obvious enough. Uh, yeah, that was, or is, um, probably the most blunt uh, way of putting, yeah, I'm totally aiming for a fascist re regime. Um, and even, you know, I, I don't think he's a very intelligent person. Uh, in some ways, maybe he is, um, but, but, but for all the wrong reasons, of course. Um, that fascism is essentially what he's aiming for. Because when you think about it, and you really don't even have to think about it that hard, you just have to literally listen to what he said. Um, he said that, like, yeah, if Biden wins, um, I'm not. I can't really tell you right now if I'm going to hand it over peacefully. Um, and it's kind of astonishing, actually, uh, that he even has a choice. Uh, but I digress. Um, if he wins, um, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to go down without a fight. And I'm going to actually try and aim for just a complete continuation um, of my regime. Um, and just hope that, well, you know what, people, my, my followers, not my, my fans, I talked about this last time, there's no such thing as a Trump supporter, they're just fans. Um, 
yeah, that, uh, yeah, we're just going to continue forward and, uh, hopefully, uh, I, I keep my spot because I'm a sort of loser if I lose, um, which hopefully, you know, it'd be nice if you lost. Uh, well, I'll just say that, but yeah, Republican party doesn't see much wrong with it. Um, uh, bunch of hypocrites, you know, they were, uh, eight years ago or four years ago when a, a spot opened up on the Supreme court, Republicans did not want it to be filled by a democratic position in, the, in an election year, but guess what? Uh, rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, her spot is now open and available, and well, uh, yeah, Republicans are trying to jump on that ASAP and get it filled. Uh, again, bunch of hypocrites. We're all kind of hypocritical in our own way, one way or another. Some more dramatic than others. Circumstances vary. So yeah, the president totally aiming for a fascist regime at this point. It's kind of blunt, clear, mid, uh, bright as day. Um, and if you don't see that, that's because your future is secured and safe and others aren't. Um, especially for people like me, uh, where I do fit into, uh, under that umbrella, excuse me, I fit under that umbrella of skin color. Um, but my voice, um, coming out of my mouth says that I don't uh, agree with where I've been placed, uh, by, uh, social uh, status or the president in this case, because he must believe that all, uh, white people do enjoy his presence. Um, besides, uh, the liberal left media, which again, to be completely clear, I do not associate, associate myself with the democratic party. Uh, I am not a liberal. I am not a Democrat. I do not bleed blue. I do not ride the blue wave. Uh, I just believe in what is right. I just believe in, uh, holding people accountable. I do believe, um, in fighting the good fight or, uh, speaking up for people who do not have the platform or the privilege that many others do. Um, so yeah, let, I just want to make that abundantly clear, uh, considering that earlier I mentioned I was a red, I am a registered Republican. I no longer am not, um, I am registered, um, I believe as do not associate, I think is the terminology on, uh, on the sheet. Um, so yeah, I'm a register, I'm registered to vote. So let me say this again, before I say it again, at the end of the podcast, you better register to vote, uh, because if you don't, you have literally zero right to bitch about anything over the next four years. If, uh, the person who wins that you don't want to win ends up kind of screwing you over in the long run or screwing over many other people that you claim to care about. Uh, but Hey, if you don't want to vote because you don't really care, Hey, that's you. You're, you're doing you. I, I think you're completely wasting your uh, greatest right as an American, um, considering that it was given to you immediately as you came out of the womb of your mother. Um, and yeah, that's hey, totally wasted, in my opinion, uh, just to not vote at all. But hey, that's your reality. And that's the reality you want to live. Maybe one day you'll come around. Um, so yeah, the president, dude, it's like, how? How do you just how are you just okay with that? Like, I know many people aren't, but, uh, that's why like Trump supporters are like kind of confused. Um, why is their boy down a little bit in the polls right now? Um, and that's probably cause he's saying things like that. Um, and Trump supporters don't see anything wrong with it because they're like, again, uh, Hey, my whiteness is totally okay. Because guess what? We're the, we want to teach about all of the good things in America. We don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to talk about the, uh, the, you know, all the, all the killings and taking and stealing of land and uh, all the uh, criminal acts and injustices done uh, unto uh, people of color throughout history because <laughs> white people, <laughs> they're safe. Uh, so, man, it is just exhausting. It's I'm just speechless. Again, um, I'm not really because I've been going on now for about 32 minutes, but and honestly, I don't even think I'm close to being done yet because uh, I want to talk about the police. Um, my cousin is a police officer. Um, 
he is one of my closest uh, family members. We are very similar. We are very alike in many ways in terms of competitiveness, um, in terms of leadership, in terms uh, in many other ways. Um, but uh, he's a police officer, and I you know, wish him safety. Um, and I, I hope nothing terrible happens to him or he's not put in a situation where his life or someone else's life may be in danger. Obviously, the likelihood, considering uh, the job description, is very unlikely in regards to someone else's life uh, possibly being in danger when being called to duty. So, uh, three generations of my family have been police officers. His father, um, mutually, our Nanu, our grandpa. Uh, rest in peace, Nanu Angelari. Um, but, or sorry, Nanu Angelari and Nanu RBC. Uh, excuse me. But, um, there was a 13-year-old boy, autistic boy, uh, who was shot 11 times by a police officer uh, for running from them. I I could not think of something more uh, something more heartbreaking right now. Um, there's many things going on that are, that is incredibly heartbreaking, but for this one, this one, really uh, kind of hits because uh, I've connected a lot recently um, in many ways directly and indirectly with uh, children on the spectrum and whether that's working with them uh, when they're older or understanding them or trying to understand them as their you know younger selves <sighs> so the body cam video released Monday uh, shows Barton asking police to subdue her son Cameron and take him to a hospital because of violent threats and unmanageable behavior. The videos show officers approach the house and then begin chasing the boy, at one point breaking through a wooden fence. Cameron is seen walking slowly while ignoring demands to get on the ground. An officer opens fire and 11 shots can be heard on the recordings. Cameron rolls over on the ground saying, I don't feel good, and then, tell my mom I love her. Um... She explained to them very clearly that he was afraid of cops and that she needed the situation to be de-escalated. De um, instead, they shot her son 11 times. When, when we say that the police force need to be reframed, restructured, their money needs to be distributed to other areas in need this amongst many 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 other examples is one of them is why just unbelievable when we say that the police need to be defunded this is why. Because we want pe people who, what we want, when I say we in this context, I refer to people uh, who really truly care about marginalized people or people who slip through the cracks or uh, don't get the attention they deserve. And the money that 
the millions, the billions that is put into the police force every year, every quarter, every te- decade, every five years, whatever, needs to be distributed to people who can handle situations like this. Um, nothing, there was no signs of this boy actually harming anyone. There was no chance he was going to hurt anyone. Uh, but the police were called and and now an innocent young boy, 11 year old boy is dead because yeah. My silence says it all. For no reason. At all. A lot of people don't understand that kids on the spectrum, or people on the spectrum in general, do not have the social cues that we have. They do not have luxuries in that department that we do. The privileges that we have in that department. And for them, it is a disadvantage Um, It extends from verbal abuse to now, not even just this young boy, but to someone like Elijah McLean as well, death. Their disadvantage is deemed a death warrant because police officers don't have the training They don't have the studying. They don't have the tools, the utilities to de-escalate and defuse a situation like that. Police officers do not belong in a situation with those people. Ever. Ever. They are incapable. Because they do not have what it the situation needs. And maybe I'm as passionate about this, and I wouldn't even call it passion, maybe I'm as angry about this, is because my fiance Joanne works with kids on the spectrum. And she comes home from many days at work, just mentally, just very exhausted. But she cares so deeply about her job in what she is doing. That all I, I know. That these children. They need all the proper help they can get. She comes home with scratches. Bite marks. Bruises sometimes on her hands. On her wrists. From these children that. Don't know how to control their emotions. Not necessarily control. But to channel it in a way. That is going to be better for them and everyone else around them. Her job is to do stuff like that. To show up at that door. Let them know it's going to be okay if they lose in a video game. Let them know it's going to be okay if you're frustrated with your art. Let them know it's going to be okay. This is what we're talking about. We're not just talking about police needing to be reformed because black people are dying every day. Innocent black people being murdered. I don't care if you are white, 
or black, if you're Asian, if you're French, if you're Russian, whatever, your life matters. Black lives can't matter until, or all lives can't matter until black lives matter. All lives can't matter till autistic children's lives matter. It's, it's so exhausting that we need to have a dialogue about something that would be so painfully obvious. And people sit here and say, oh, well, Joe Biden's America gonna ruin everything for everybody. Joe Biden, oh, sweepy Joe, he gonna ruin everything for everybody. This is Trump's America. Where uh, innocent autistic children can be murdered for no reason and that person who does it gets a paid vacation. Yeah, because that's what the officer got, if you didn't know. Uh, yeah, you got a paid vacation uh, for murdering uh, an 11-year-old autistic boy for no reason. In case you didn't hear, hear that the first three to four times I said it. But Joe Biden's America. <laughs> Joe Biden gonna ruin everything for my white privilege. I'm so mentally and physically exhausted by uh, Trump fans that... I feel like I've I've become numb to it all because I literally don't know what else they could say that could fucking surprise me. All because people like me, people similar to me, they don't even have to be exactly like me, just give a damn about shit like that. And the people who hop on Facebook, oh my god, you gotta make sure that you stand up for the national anthem because, oh my god, the vets, the veterans, the veterans, you gotta stand up. The vets, they'll post all day about the American flag and a bald eagle wielding an AK-47 with its mouth open and ripped like army vest, but they won't say a damn thing. About innocent people being murdered because their life is in, is safe and other people's aren't. Because it doesn't affect them. They don't care about shit like that because it doesn't affect them. They only care about themselves and their reality. And that, no matter how you refute it or phrase it, is a fact. Period. So where do we go from here? What, where do we go from here? I don't know what the answers are. I don't know how we resolve all these issues. I know how we can get there in the paths we can take. Is the end result going to be perfect? No, it never is going to be. So what do you have to do? Well, you need to get your ass up and get registered to vote because if you haven't, uh, you better do that soon because voter deadline or registration is uh, coming up. Registration deadline is around the corner, just a week or two away for some places. You need to use your voice to stand up for what you believe in. Use your freedom of speech that these Trump fans, oh my God. Uh, well, freedom of speech 
it applies but only when I say something that's like completely immoral and unethical or unethical. I don't really know English because I'm a I be Trump fan, you know. Uh, but yeah, I just be hanging out and saying freedom of speech and saying really bad things about people and because I'm a completely selfish asshole. Um, and I just be like, you know, I just kind of be a Trump fan. I just be a baby for Trump, you know. I be sounding like a baby right now just because I be a, I be a big baby actually. See, I don't really know now what I'm doing here. Uh, but yeah, like that that's how I kind of hear Trump fans. Um, in case that wasn't obvious or, or how I perceive them most of the time because again they only uh, care about themselves their freedom of speech they don't want they don't want other people to have freedom of speech you know <laughs> god forbid everyone have freedom of speech you know uh, you know uh, so yeah it is just incredibly disheartening this reality that we're living in and I, w- I wanted to have a guest on uh, to exchange more dialogue about this back and forth. Uh, with someone who could uh, possibly challenge me in new ways or bring up a new perspective uh, that I don't have yet or haven't uh, entirely found. Um, So, just another bad day for America and an already really shit year. Uh, So, who knows what tomorrow will bring, right? Uh, Probably more of the same, a little cynical. Hey, it's kind of hard to be optimistic when your president is on the border of just saying, hey, I'm a fascist. Vote for me, uh, and his fans saying, "Oh, fascism! That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Trump is a fascist. I don't even know what that means. He's a fascist? Heck yeah! Grab the Budweiser. We're voting for a fascist. Heck yeah, brother! Go Trump!" I'm just going to get in my lifted Ford F-150, drive down to the Circle K and grab me a Budweiser. Go Trump. Man, there's a lot of Trump fans that definitely just sound like a bunch of weirdos. Um, I don't know what that guy's name is. That guy is definitely a piece of shit, though. Um, So, I don't know what else I can bring for you guys today. Just keep tuning in. Keep following me. Keep using your voice um, in places uh, where you can... Uh, lend it. Facebook, Twitter, social media is really important these days. Um, do not be silent. Silence is complicit. Complicity. Silence is uh, means you're being complacent. Um, do your part. Share stories. Listen to stories. Have dialogue with other people about their journeys, and uh, don't compare it to your own. Uh, yeah, definitely don't do that. Um, Ask questions, you know, like, hey, like, I experienced this at this scenario. How do you experience stuff like that? Because a lot of people have similar scenarios, uh, but the outcomes and journeys are usually different based on uh, how other people perceive them uh, in their reality. Uh, So remember to listen to people who don't look like you, don't talk like you, don't walk like you, uh, wear different clothes than you, participate in other cultures than you, um, and share different beliefs than you. It's incredibly important. Um, it's incredibly important to empathize with that, and that's how I feel that we can all become better people. I don't know if that's true. That's not me saying that I'm be- I'm a better person than either you or many other people, but I feel like in my doing so and in my active participation in other people's lives over the course of the last four to five years um, has really changed my perspective in many ways, and I feel positively. Uh, 
at the end of the day, I think that love, universal love and empathy will succeed and triumph. I don't think that'll be this year. And no, I'm not talking about the election in this sense. I'm literally just talking about in its entirety because all politicians are the same. I just want to make that very clear. And one day we are going to look back, wonder how the hell we got to that point. And then we're going to look at where we are now in the future sense and say, damn, we got the job done. We did it, guys. And we did it because we loved other people first before ourselves. And I think that's the key. So that's it for this re-inaugural episode of the now Roman RBC podcast. Uh, starring I, your titular host, Roman RBC, sharing my many, 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 many thoughts about many different things at many different points in time. Some in relation, some in not. Uh, so this has been your host, Roman RBC. I'll be seeing you in the future. Register to vote. Vote your ass off. And be a great American citizen for the rest of the year. I love you.